Hi hi and welcome to Puzzle Home. Okay, so today is actually a bonus podcast episode because this is a episode that is released on the weekends. That's right. So this is a Q&A um episode. So I will be answering some questions that you have posted on Instagram. And yeah, I'll try my best to answer them to the best of my ability. And yeah, um this may not be a very long podcast. Uh, I didn't get that many questions, but hopefully you'll get to take away a bit more from me and uh suggest if I can do more of these type of bonus episodes in the future. Right. So, one the first question I will answer is uh, what would be your ideal family? And that's a very interesting question because uh that implies that I'll have to find faults in my family that I don't like and that I would prefer not to have. For example, if they were ideal parents, right? But also by family, I guess you could mean that it could be relatives as well. But honestly speaking, I'm not that close with my relatives because 90% of them are in Russia. I'm current I have I'm born and raised in Singapore, so I only go back to Russia once a year. So I only get to know them and catch up with them for maybe about a week or two before I fly back every year. So I don't really get that much interaction. Um but in terms of parents, right? Of course there's always something you want to change about your parents, right? I mean it could even be about anyone actually, be it if you have a partner or it could be even your best friend. Like there could be something that just bugs you about them and you wish that they weren't like that. But really as my mom always even until now still says that Polina you can't choose your family, right? You kind of have to just live with the parents you have. And that's true. and also to treasure that i have a mom and dad because there are people who might not have either or or both and uh, i also don't like comparing things like oh but like even though i have both my parents they're both like they treated me so badly that i left and uh i i can't sympathize with that but i mean i can't empathize with it i sympathize for people who have had very bad parents who probably were bad at parenting or didn't didn't uh divulge as much attention or care and that sucks honestly but i'm actually very blessed to have uh good parents yes they can be quite strict in certain things because my parents are very rooted in their orthodox beliefs orthodoxy is a christian belief um but i'm i wouldn't say that it's like a bad thing because i'm also quite tight in with my orthodox culture and honestly going into orthodoxy has helped my family a lot actually i won't uh go into too much detail but yeah last time it was very shaky between my parents like there was a lot more fighting and a lot more toxicity in the household and now it's better um And of course there are things I can say about both my parents that I don't like. But 
I don't want to go much too much into it because that's also quite personal to me. But in terms of anything ideal, I think there, I mean there is no such thing as an ideal. And plus, if you do imagine a world where you have the ideal parents that you want, like you don't actually get to learn anything. You don't get to learn for example, how to maybe stay calm when they're angry at you or how to stay calm when they're being misunderstanding or they don't understand you or even how to t be tackle certain situations you encounter, right? Because I learned to be very patient um, and I also learned to try to understand my parents better and to control my anger, definitely. Because like sometimes like there has to be a mediator in the family, right? And usually that's me. So that's just something I picked up from years and years of like arguments that were happening with my family. So yeah, because of these imperfections in the family, you get to learn and adapt to each other's behavior because some things um can be changed only if the person wants to change. You can't force a person to change in that sense. So that's why you have to actually learn to adapt or try to at least accommodate. Um, but with ideal parents, you don't get to learn those skills, right? You wouldn't know, like it would seem like it's so perfect and at times even like <laughs> it's a possibility that you might get bored or you might start to actually seek out uh, riskier relationships with people just for that thrill I may be blabbing a bit out of my head because uh, psychologically I may not uh, be able to explain um, but uh, one actually one example I can give you is from Coraline Coraline is the movie it's it's a book it's written by Neil Gaiman and it was adapted into a movie it's a very good movie very creepy very lovely and good morals because Coraline, she dreamt of having ideal parents and that it, that actually happened where they loved her, they wouldn't get angry at her, they would give her everything she wanted. And then that's where she felt that it was weird, right? Even before, uh, spoiler alert, even before the pa parents wanted to sew buttons into her eyes, like she really felt like it was a bit off. Like She enjoyed it at first, but then she started to think, okay, um... It's kind of weird getting all that you want because you don't actually get to go through these uh, life lessons. I'm not saying that everything you endure with your parents you have to so that you get to learn something like I can understand some things can go very bad and you just get more trauma than trying to learn something from it. And of course that's where you hoped or you wished that they were never like that. but. It's, it's just human. It's human to be imperfect. It's human to remain stubborn in certain of your beliefs. And everyone is also influenced since young, the way they were raised by their parents or the society where they were raised in. And even certain things like how punishments, right? Like caning or... Um, what, what, what's it called? Not detention. What do parents say? You're in timeout or not timeout, you're... I forgot the term. Like nowadays, my brain conveniently forgets the word I really need to use in a particular context or even the name of a person. It's terrible. But yeah, 
they basically these a lot of these things are still passed down from years and years of uh, just the the culture and it can be very hard to try and change each other's beliefs or try to at least uh, help someone understand you better so some things may get better with communication with good communication and some things may stay the same because it can be hard to as I said change the person unless they want to change themselves so I wouldn't there's no there will never be a thing as an ideal family there's always you create your own ideal family in that sense within whatever context you can have because you just try to get uh, you try to have better relationships with your parents if that's possible of course if there's this if you're in a situation where you can't have any good communication with them they shut you off then that sucks that really sucks but then it's better to at least try and find friends or even other maybe people in your life that you can go to at least to feel safe or to feel like you feel more validated about right because i know now there's a lot of issues with families not accepting people either because of their gender because of their particular beliefs the modern thinking and it's always going to be a problem like for us when we become adults who knows how much changes who knows if our kids will also start nagging at them saying oh why are you like this like it's until we're parents we might never know i mean i'm not saying we will become like that when we're parents of course not but certain things that we have been taught will stay with us. Um, but I think now in the modern context, as we become adults, we are actually going to be more understanding because it's more open now, the thinking. They're trying to be more open, which is good. And yeah, you, you just have to try and create this kind of, uh, quote, ideal environment within what, whatever you have to try to make the best of whatever you have and try if you can to build better relationships with your parents if you can't then maintain distance from time to time healthy distancing so that uh, you can you don't get too overwhelmed by them for example right when it can get very tough I feel like my voice has gotten lower since I started this podcast I'm not very sure why <laughs> But okay, I'll just roll with it. <laughs> and this also actually reminded me of... Um, maybe you might not have an ideal day, right? You might think, oh, you know, my day would have gone so much better if I was more productive. It, the past is in the past. What you can do is work on the now and also build goals for the future. And I really like this saying that I mentioned in my Childhood Memories podcast. Uh, there's this saying... That's, uh, that goes by, I had a good day because I made it a good day. And a good day, quote unquote, may not necessarily be something... A good day may not necessarily be like the most ideal day in your head, right? But a good day can be where at least you know you gave in to some of your temptations, right? Or you gave in to some of your needs because you knew you needed it. And even if it was still something excessive or something you knew that you shouldn't have done, 
but you can still reflect and think about other little things you could have done in the day that was good. Like you could have put the, your, your dirty clothes in the laundry bag. That's one step forward. You could have remembered to feed the cat on time. That's another step forward. So small steps definitely help because I myself know by this because when I think of a productive day or rather what I envision in a productive day is that oh I do all my chores I do everything on my to-do list and if I don't then I will do absolutely everything tomorrow when it's better to break it down right so that you won't be too overwhelmed by it and it's easier in this sense so for example instead of uh, assigning yourself to do so many tasks in just one day why not break it down into just two or three tasks? It can be small tasks, maybe, uh, this is a bit going into Among Us, like two common tasks, uh, one short task and one long task, for example, right, in the map. So you can uh, section it like that. And if you manage to complete everything during that day and you feel like you can do more, that's awesome. If you couldn't complete everything in your list, even if you didn't set a very... Um, if you even if you realize you actually set a manageable goal, it's okay because at least uh, you can um, say that you uh, you did at least one or two things. I'm sorry if you can hear something in the background. It's just uh, recording on the weekends. It's not the best because my parents are inconsiderate. They don't care that I'm recording, and they will continue to talk and play their music loudly. So yeah, but. It's not bad music in that sense, but get what I mean. Yeah, and the reason why I went a bit off topic about ideal family is just my response to the word ideal. For example, ideal family or ideal day. Really, it's it's in your hands, like most of the time, right? Sometimes you can't control it, then okay, don't blame yourself for that. But if the things you can control or you can try to push for change, then go ahead in small steps. No worries. There's no need to rush. Next question is, um, oh, how, how would your ideal family look like to you? Yeah, yeah, so I kind of explained that bit. Um, okay, next question is, what made you want to start a podcast? Well, um, one thing is because uh, I, I, I do like to give my opinion on things, and I also want to know what others think of my opinion, right? If they can add on or even correct me because I'm not always correct, right? In my beliefs, like it can be, it can be an opinion, and it can be quite one-sided, maybe depending on my own experiences. Although I do t want to be open-minded and more general, sometimes more inclusive, meaning of other people's opinions or other situations or contexts, and I do. I also wanted to start a podcast because. It will go to my portfolio because I do want to become a broadcaster, have my own sh podcast show, uh, broadcast on radio or television, and I do need something where I speak, right, in my portfolio. So I think having a podcast is a good way, although I have also been recommended to make uh, YouTube videos. But the thing about YouTube videos is that you need to edit. There's more editing involved. For podcasting, it's just clipping, cutting, trimming, all of that. But for videos, it's a lot more. I mean, you might, I can make simple videos without particular effects and stuff, but I don't like that process. Like for me, it's very long. I have to spend long hours on the computer and 
I, I don't really enjoy that process. I don't see myself editing videos. I mean, who knows? Maybe in the future I might do it. But for now, I'm sticking to this because it's simpler. Uh, and I still enjoy it. I still get to put my voice out there. I can slowly build an audience. Uh, and like some of my friends have said that I have a nice voice and that it's not particularly blaring or annoying, which is good. So, and I also hope to maybe enlighten some of you or just share my experiences, right? In that sense, I feel like it's very important, especially if I want to talk about certain topics that aren't really talked about, for example, asexuality, or go deeper into certain topics that not many would want to cover. And it's always good to just hear a fresh perspective, right? So yeah, these are the main reasons why I wanted to start a podcast. Next question is, if you could go back to into any era, which would you go to and why and describe your, describe your life there too? This one I can reply quite confidently. I would like to go back into the Baroque, Baroque era. Uh, again, my, my brain does that again. I forgot the word I wanted to say. This is a disaster. The Baroque era, era, I keep wanting to say arena. <laughs> the Baroque era. I'm not very sure why. I maybe it's because I've been studying classical songs and music in my music lessons and because I'm doing it every week maybe my brain caught on to it and started developing an interest in baroque related things because I never had an interest in that one yeah years ago like it just seemed to me like it's just too too out of my reach but now I found it very interesting and actually recently I borrowed quite a bit of books from the library to read up on England, on London, on also things Baroque because back in the... I'm particularly actually like specifically attracted to the British uh, Baroque times. <laughs> it's quite interesting. Uh, just the way they dressed, the, the way they lived, to me it's, it's quite interesting. It's like a high class kind of society and I've oh I've become curious as to what happens, what goes on and it seems quite appealing to me, that kind of lifestyle. And if I were to how I would live, honestly I can't imagine myself in those tight fitting corset dresses with like my breasts perked up. I cannot imagine that because number one, I do not want to expose my body in that way. Number two, I've heard quite a lot of disturbing things, like how women back then, to maintain their figure, they would eat their food during the meals, or buffets, or events they were invited to, but then after they would excuse themselves to the toilet to gag it all up, so they can eat more and not gain that much weight. And that's terrible! The fact that to maintain that figure, right? And if... and using a corset because it was a beauty uh, thing, uh, I'm not saying that, like, I mean, I personally don't want to wear corsets or I would ever envision myself wearing one because it's not that good for you. I mean, if you use it safely, apparently, like if you know how to use it correctly and not overdo it, then maybe it's fine. And I'm not saying that people who use corsets are like, blah, blah. No, I'm go ahead if you want to use it. But yeah, I just personally, I don't like to. I wouldn't imagine myself 
in those kind of dresses and corsets and hairstyles. I actually more see myself being the gentleman. <laughs> I would like to really don that kind of uh, suit or tuxedo and wear a monocle on one eye and wear a top hat and grow a moustache. Like for me, that's much more fascinating than the women life. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just a side note, I've always been more into, I guess, some more masculine aesthetic. So, yeah, these kind of things appeal to me more than a more feminine aesthetic, uh, I would say. Yeah, so I would, I would live like a distinguished gentleman back in the Baroque era. <laughs> yeah. Next question is, if you have a superpower, what could it be? Uh, I've always wanted to fly to be invisible actually and to fly because I would um, I'm not trying to appear as a soccer or anything like that but I would love to see how people live in like their houses because I personally am quite interested in interior design of rooms and buildings or even just buildings and knowing how people utilize that space or how they live their lives like I'm not doing i don't want to see in a perverted sense obviously but i just want to see maybe some tasks like they do like how they study in their rooms how they like interact with their room in their rooms with their stuff like to me that seems interesting to know more about how people do things because everyone does things differently right and the way they utilize certain spaces what vibes they give off like to me that's always been so interesting and for me in public, like I never stare at someone. Like I try not to stare because it's disrespectful, number one. And number two, I don't want to make them feel uncomfortable. But there are some times when I catch glances of people who are dressed like so nicely, right? They're so fashionable. Or they just seem very interesting based on the vibes they give off. And I wish I was invisible. So they wouldn't see that I could just try and imagine what kind of vibe they would be living in, like looking at them in that sense. <laughs> so yeah flying being invisible and flying so i could fly randomly into people's homes without them knowing that i was there and i mean it would be help to be invisible and also so people wouldn't feel me so like a ghost right i mean some people do feel ghosts but my point being is that they wouldn't even notice i'm there or feel that i'm there and i can just fly wherever i want and go into whatever house i want and just see what they want to do and yeah kind of open my eyes to how people live <laughs> yeah not in a creepy way i'm saying again i'm not a stalker in any sense i don't do any of this but just sometimes when i walk past and i happen to catch a glimpse of people's homes inside because i live in a condo so some are quite open right with opening their balconies and stuff like that so yeah that's just an observation and something i've always thought of uh, next question is, what's the most important characteristic for a perfect relationship? I don't like to use a perfect, because there's no such thing as perfect. You just make the best of what you have, right? But most important characteristics I feel in a relationship is to grow more understanding of each other, right? To accept each other's differences, very important, because you can't get together with a person and want to change them for being who they are. Like, of course you would always like someone, it may be by their looks or because of the good qualities they have, but 
you have to accept everything about a person, right? As the saying goes, and their bad parts, and everyone has their bad parts. It may be different, and it may be a bit more difficult with some people, or it may be less difficult with some, but you're always going to encounter something, right? There, there's no such relationship where there's no arguments. There will still be arguments, even if it's small ones. And uh, yeah, I've actually read up a bit here and there. Read up meaning I've been on Instagram looking at posts. Because <laughs> yeah, I don't think anyone really bothers to read up, like really read up on something. Only some people. And uh, kudos to those people. I mean, not saying that uh, it's bad that you don't like extensively read up on it. It depends on your interest, right? But I have uh, read certain posts about relationships and how it's normal in a relationship to feel like you grow tired of each other or feel like you're falling out of love. Like that's where you just need a break, right? From each other in that sense. Spend a bit more time apart or have more of your independent time so that you don't develop like this codependence because um, it's not healthy in my opinion to have codependence on each other you can support each other definitely but also respect each other's private time for me for me that's very important because i learn to treasure and really enjoy my private time so if i ever do get into a relationship i would really respect my partner to I really want my partner to respect my private time because I would respect their private time as well, in that sense. Um, yeah, be more understanding of each other, that was my point, and also um, accepting each other's flaws, right? Not only accepting, but maybe also working on your own flaws, right? Or trying to learn to uh, better deal with someone's flaws, because if the person wants to work on their own flaws, that's really cool. And if they want you, you there to support them, that's really cool too. But there are people who don't want to work on their flaws. And they'll just stay like that the way they are. Because they don't, they can't see any other way of handling situa a situation, for example. And that's where you just have to better learn to control your emotions. When you see and you feel like they might be getting to you mentally. And learn to be calm or at least to uh know when to say stop sorry i can't do this can we please have a breather and try and get back to this conversation normally right if it gets too heated uh that's very important and oh some other things i've read about uh, relationships is that it's okay to have periods where you're like very sexually active and then you have no sexual activity at all but because uh, like it really Things like this depends also on like your mood of the day and if you're both working like come on like imagine both of you are coming home tired right like and then you feel like oh we've not been doing anything intimate for like more than a week like are we falling apart no you just need that time because it can be very stressful at work right and you need it's it's harder to get in the mood right for something romantic Although definitely, if you still have the energy and if you plan, you can squeeze in little things. Like, it, if you don't manage to go for a date, for example, every weekend, that's okay. But maybe um, try to at least do, like, something small, right? Maybe you could buy, like, certain, their favorite uh, snack, for example. Or um, turn on, or watch one episode of a show they like with them. Right? Or even go for a little stroll around together. And that's enough. Like, 
of course, don't try to spend too much time apart, right? Like, no, absolutely not doing anything just because you're so stressed with work. Still try to be there for each other, but you can kind of also feel each other's vibes, right? And like, whether they want to be more alone or if they don't mind your company a little bit. Yeah, it's about learning to feel each other's vibes and uh, don't purposely get on their bad side just because you you feel frustrated with them. Like, try to remain on each other's good side. Um, yeah, in that sense. Uh, very important, these kind of things. Patience with each other. It may not always be very possible to be very patient with each other, and that's okay. Uh, that's where you establish through um, healthy arguments, your boundaries, reestablishing certain things, maybe changing certain things in your lifestyle or saying new boundaries that you might have. Uh, but don't try, just try not to uh, go into a state where you build like really thick walls against each other, right? Try not to do that. Because in that sense, it's easier for you to fall apart. Uh, in that sense, or harder for you to reconcile certain arguments or certain disagreements you might have had. Um, I'm saying quite a bit of these things based on posts I've read, because number one, I actually don't have much experience in relationships, because the longest relationship I have been in was only about four months, and it was an online relationship, so I had no con no physical contact with this person at all. And the other relationship was just two months, and I didn't even love the guy back. So I don't actually know what it's like to love someone or be loved back in terms of a partner-to-partner -partner kind of thing. But I still want to try and give a sort of constructive feedback because, you know, I still uh, have love for friends, right, and for family. So certain things you can give and take in terms of things like uh, healthy distancing when needed between each other and healthy communication, very important. Uh, these are the main things. And of course, uh, to be caring to one another. And sometimes, even if you're tired, just going out of your way a little bit to help one another can definitely help a lot. Uh, building this kind of uh, trust and also better support between each other really help not saying you must always put yourself uh put, put them first instead of yourself no you should always put yourself first in that sense in terms of your uh, needs but of course okay actually this is quite tough to uh it depends on the context for example right like i mean don't always sacrifice like it does a basically codependence right still be independent still uh it's good to learn actually also by yourself to know how to manage your emotions how to talk through with yourself with your thoughts before lashing out and it can also be something you can work on together but sometimes certain things should be thought or done alone or at least learnt by yourself and uh, certain things you can work it out with a partner right uh, all of this small steps uh, this doesn't come immediately because uh, bear with that being with another person, it's really, like, uh, it's tough, right? You're accepting a whole new person with very different qualities from you. Well, they could be very different. So that's just uh, something everyone in a relationship has to go through in that sense.
yeah, so important characteristics to reiterate is understanding, being caring, uh, um, respecting each other's personal time, right? Do not co-depend on each other. Uh, building a strong uh, report system, right? And engaging in, yes, safe, <laughs> safe distancing. <laughs> I, every time I do that, I uh, say that I think of COVID. But healthy distancing, meaning in terms when you feel like both of you are very stressed and you can't come to any sort of normal agreement, then just leave it be, right? Like there's a saying, let it rest, like sleep on it. Even if you feel angry about something and you didn't resolve it that day, sleep on it. And the next day it, it, it will be better, a bit better at least. Yeah. <laughs> I hope I answered that question somewhat decently. <laughs> okay, our next question, favorite dessert. All right, okay, we're moving into very little light stuff. <laughs> favorite dessert, I would have to say is ice cream. I really love ice cream. I love Magnum. I really love the almond flavored Magnum ice cream. Uh, I really love gummies as well, actually. Actually, I'm quite surprised I didn't say that in the first place because I really do love gummies. Um, but I, it's easier for me to get sick of gummies than ice cream, actually. So that's that. But I do have uh, more cravings for gummies than ice cream, technically. Yeah. Uh, favorite food will definitely be anything that's noodle based. So it can be dry noodles, it can be noodles in a soup. Uh, my favorite kind of pasta is linguine, actually. And noodles, I love local noodles in Singapore. I love laksa, I love tom yam, I love kuei tiao, I love... What was the other thing? Bihun? Like, I... Give me any noodle, yellow noodle, white noodle, flat, round, nah, I love it. I love udon, soba, anything. <laughs> anything that's just noodly, give it. <laughs> uh, oh, ramen. Ramen is actually my favorite kind of uh, soupy noodle dish. Clo uh, coming, in. Coming, in, coming in very closely second is udon. Yeah. Favorite snack. Actually, that's kind of like the same thing for dessert. Oh wait, I just realized gummies isn't really like a dessert. I mean, it can be. I, I always treat it like a dessert because I always eat it after food. Uh, but snack-wise, I also like to snack on fruits, actually. And I actually also like to just snack on plain white bread. Like, there's something so nice about it. Uh, or like having that plain white bread with milk. That is... Hello? That is amazing. Those of my... Those people who know what I'm, what's up about eating plain bread with milk yes <laughs> i feel yeah next question the best advice to give your younger self and this is the last question for this podcast and i do have to say that i much i have a very sensitive spot i realized for my younger self um and i realized that when i started listening to this song by kim Young, a member of bts his song is called inner child and it does sing about how he sings about how he he sings about talking to his younger self in that sense, right? And it's true. Like all of us have an inner child, right? It could be certain uh, things we we picked up since young and we've continued doing. Maybe it could be bad habits. Maybe it could be coping mechanisms from trauma. Maybe it could even be you know things like our favorite binge food, right? Or our our comfort place, like. To me, it's watching YouTube. To me, to you, maybe it might be 
exercising or embroidery and like it could be very different things and you pick a lot of you pick up a lot of things from childhood and I still do realize quite a lot of things uh, that I do are still linked to my younger self I talked about this in my childhood memories podcast you can go give it a listen um, but also because I realized just how much I've grown from from my younger self because one thing I okay although I'm not clinically diagnosed but I do know I have anxiety in a certain sense like I don't know whether it's high anxiety or like I'm still I would still say it's still okay for me to function normally actually well more or less normally (laughs) but like yes I think that kind of anxiety I had since I was a kid and the stress from school and me um, having a lot of insecurities about myself and yeah having a bad image of myself basically bad image of myself having low self-esteem having little to no motivation to do a lot of things uh, it's it was definitely there some periods of time it was stronger other periods of time it was okay like I was kind of just really living my best life for example in um, when I was in secondary three and four like those were actually like one of the best times of my life uh, um, but it definitely I think also like family situation at home wasn't the, the best when I was like around primary secondary school and certain times and then if it wasn't something to do with uh, family it would be something to do with exam stress I hated exams like for the life of me like no matter how much I tried to stay calm like I would always just uh, freak out and plus math was such a weak subject of mine <laughs> for a long time and it, oh goodness me <laughs> but I wouldn't go too deep into that but yeah I feel I still feel quite connected to my younger self and there are also certain things I kind of miss about my younger self is that naivete last time when I was younger I used to hate being called naive or feel like I don't understand something or feel dumb um, and yeah, I wouldn't necessarily like work so hard on that, but somehow I've grown mature and more understanding. And I think it's just my mindset, the way I trained my mindset to be more of a growth mindset that helped me a lot in terms of accepting new information, new knowledge and changing myself in terms of certain ways. Right. Yeah, no, that that's something I'm definitely very proud of. But I do miss the fact that I was so much more creative back when I was younger. Like, I would be writing so much more poems, short stories. I would be drawing so much more. I I, I would just be, like, filled with creativity. And I'd be doing so much of these creative things. And now, it, it's so hard to bring myself to write a short story, even. Or even write a poem. Because... It feels like I'm kind of numbed by a lot of emotions I used to feel when I was younger because I was during that phase right in life where you're still quite young and you're absorbing a lot of things and that's where your your emotional intelligence is also growing and I feel like that's when like you feel so many emotions and like the best way you can put it is uh, in your creative forms right and now that I've kind of grown up and I've kind of become more thick-skinned to a lot of things. I'm not that emotionally affected by a lot of things. The 
And also maybe because I've become numbed to quite a lot of things as a coping mechanism. Like it's harder for me to bring myself back or uh, make, because, okay, one thing I realized is that I, I tend to only get uh, creative or in the mood to get creative when I'm actually feeling upset. <laughs> That's really the only, like when I'm happy, I don't even want to get creative. I just enjoy life doing things like watching YouTube. But yeah, so... Nowadays, I don't really fall back into these kind of, I would call, depressive states anymore. Like, it's rare. And if I do have a day like that, it's only a day. It's not like for extended period of time, like a week or even like a month where like I occasionally go in and out of it and cry at night and things like this. So, yeah, I guess, I mean, in a sense, it's not exactly that I miss being so vulnerable and emotional to a lot of things that were happening in my life like certain changes and things that were going on uh, but i do miss that creativity like i really wish like i didn't have to depend on these strong emotions to get creative i wish i could just start writing based on just my environment or things i see and i've tried to do that trust me i've tried <laughs> But like I end up not liking my story idea uh, or thinking, oh, this is not going anywhere. So, and I just scrap it. I just, it doesn't turn into anything. <laughs> so in that sense, I miss that creativity I had as a, as a kid. Cause I was so much more sensitive and, uh, you know, trying to understand a lot of things in my life. So that's where all the poetic uh, artsy forms of me were shining at their best. But hey, I still have, hopefully, <laughs> still have quite a bit of time ahead of me, right? Becoming a grown adult, and etc. <laughs> so maybe my creative energy might come back to me. It's, it's not like, yeah, because I still actually have quite a lot of interesting thoughts and I can have quite vivid dreams sometimes and I start reflecting on what they mean. And I actually really love, and I'm actually still quite happy that, uh, like, I'm still very introspective about everything around me, very observant as I was a kid, as a kid. But back then I just could translate it more into uh, this artistic stuff. Whereas right now, a lot of it just remains in my head. Because <laughs> I don't really have enough inspiration to fully fledge out something that's artsy. Just bits and pieces that come back to me once in a while. Um, but yeah, I've gone a bit off topic. I mean, not really off topic. I just describing my younger self and what I miss and what I'm actually happy I overcame. But the best advice I would give to my younger self definitely is, look, like, the thing is that I, I've, I've always been quite lazy. Uh, years back, I, I used to be much more lazy. I've actually only gotten more motivation to do stuff I think once I entered maybe JC or uni, yeah, that's when I was more motivated to actually like be more independent or start working on being more productive or even things like doing chores around the house. So the, the advice I would give to myself actually like, okay, a simple thing is to help my mom out more <laughs> with chores because I was so lazy and plus also my mom took on a lot of the chores herself and now I feel bad. <laughs> because now I help her definitely, but last time I wouldn't. And it would suck because my mom, after work, she'd be so tired, she'd come back and then she'll have to do all the chores. And yeah, 
in that sense. Um, something else I would say to myself also is that, yeah, don't care about what others think of you. I think that's a common advice people would give themselves. Because, like, there's always a, a period of time where you're self-conscious about yourself, right? And how you appear to others. You kind of want to fit in, but at the same time, you also want to have something about unique about yourself, right? It's a normal process of self-discovery. But, yeah, I've always been maybe, I don't know, weird or quirky. Maybe the better way to put is quirky. <laughs> I've always been quite quirky. And it's not that I hated that about myself. No, I actually, like... Like, whatever people I vibe with, I vibe with. Maybe there were some times where I reflected, like, oh, why, why couldn't I, like, be friends or vibe with these people? They look they look cool. But, I mean, so what? You know, if you tried to fit in with them, you just wouldn't be that happy. And you would realize that, hey, I actually prefer hanging out with friends who understand me and accept me for who I am. And actually have a lot of fun with them, because they might be even a little bit similar to me. Um... But still, I was still self-conscious also about certain things. About myself, definitely. And I've always been an overthinker as well. I try not to do it too much now, even though it still comes back. But yeah. <coughs> My throat has been quite dry recently, even though I've been hydrating myself. And I've been having an itch in my throat from time to time. It's quite annoying. But yeah. Uh... Apart from that, what else would I tell my younger self? Because I feel like if I say things to my younger self like, work harder, like, I wouldn't. <laughs> I really wouldn't care. And plus, like, do you think it makes sense if, for example, if you had the chance you, as a future you to enter a younger you life to say that, like, if you say work harder, like, your future self will disappear if you, if your younger self follows what you says, right? Said. I'm not complicating this a bit. What, but... Like, the, the way it was meant to be, the way it was meant to be, right? Just because you weren't as hardworking as you would have wanted to be, that's not a problem. That was just your path in life. And as a kid, I always preferred to have fun more than, like, studiously study and have very good grades. That was never my priority, actually. It was, like, something, like, I thought, oh, that would be nice, you know, if I could get a good grade for this. But it wasn't something that I would get so upset or, like want to study so hard I and mean, sometimes especially when there was pressure from parents but yeah never really been that kind of studious girl I always want to just have fun and live in the moment and to be honest I still do that now yeah so yeah I would just say hey Polina keep going do you you know don't worry too much don't feel like you have to take on so many things in life kind of take it slow take it easy and yeah you're doing good you're doing all right you're doing awesome <laughs> yeah just it's good to motivate yourself rather your younger self rather than try to say you're doing so many of these bad things how could you do better i'm like mm -hmm. no <laughs> well i personally feel like that i don't know all of us have very different childhoods some of us really loved our childhood some of us were really happy to grow out of it so the pluses and minuses definitely exist but yeah i do f hold a sentimental place in my heart because looking back at little small photos of awkward polina who still has so much to learn about the world about herself like it's just like you want to give yourself a hug you want to give yourself a hug be like oh man you innocent little thing <laughs> 
it, it can get really quite touching thinking how much you've grown. It really can because you just think, wow, I've changed so much. Am I really that same younger person I was? Like, it's, it's remarkable how much we change. And I, despite my flaws and naivete when, and immaturity when I was younger, I still love that young me. I'm like, hey, I still hang out with you, even though you were annoying and immature. So what? Still hang out with you. I'd still be like my little, like my little sister. <laughs> it's quite fun. And I feel like it's good to try and have a healthy relationship with your younger self. Because a lot of things that you have done, it may be right now you might think, oh, you stupid, how could you do this? Like, you're so dumb. Like, uh, yeah, uh, you wouldn't know better. Like, uh, the thing is that you wouldn't have known better anyway at that age, right? You have to go through all of these stupid, immature mistakes to grow and become better, right? If you don't go through these kind of learning processes, then uh, you, you won't change. The, you as a kid will become you as an adult, right? If you don't grow through these kind of um, painful lessons sometimes or even very stressful situations and not saying that, oh, without them, you wouldn't be, you know, better in, in future and you must go through all this pain and stress always to become better. Like, it doesn't necessarily have to be. It could just be also your social group that could influence you, right? And... Yeah. In that sense. Because I also used to think... Uh, I've always... Okay, no, not, not that I've always been a harsh critic of myself. In certain things, yes. Not in studies. Maybe sometimes in studies. But mainly I would cri uh, criticize myself mainly based on maybe how I might act. Or maybe the way I am, right? Where was I going with this? <laughs> right, what was I regarding criticizing, right? Oh, goodness me. What was I talking about? I wish I could just rewind right now. <laughs> um, the whole point of criticizing. Yeah, you can't blame your younger self. Aha, okay, I'm slowly getting into my train of thought. Regarding the younger self, if you're trying to if you know wh where I'm so going with this, then that's great because I don't. <laughs> oh yeah, but you embracing your younger self because yeah, if you don't go through all these flaws. Oh yeah, uh, I used to have this belief and I still kind of do where I feel like, oh, I must go through a lot of painful, stressful things. If not, my life won't have any meaning and stuff. And that's not always the case. Like you don't always have to learn something or become better, a better person through painful and stressful experiences. That's not always like that. You need good experiences as well, stress-free, peaceful experiences also to realize more about yourself and become a better person. So it's a good contrast. Like certain things where in certain situations you that you can't change, like it's just happened, then yeah, like it sucks and it will pass. But certain things where you can control and bring yourself into a more peaceful environment, manage it, like you also learn something out of it. So you, you learn from being immature and doing these stupid mistakes. And you also learn from um, trying to help yourself. Uh, it can be in a very stress-free environment, right? Doesn't always mean, like I said, that you have to be in constant stress and pain to feel like you're worth something or to feel like you'll become better. 
because I think it's very glamorized in this modern context, especially in societies where there's a lot of workaholics, where, oh, no pain, no gain kind of mindset. Like, no, that's not always the case. Yes, in some things, yes, but in some things, no. Right? It's very subjective. <laughs> it's bad to generalize certain things, right? And I think it's also glamorized in the K-pop industry, especially. Like, where fans, we see that, oh my gosh, you know, they they train so many hours in a day. Kudos to them. Oh my gosh, like they're so hardworking and, oh my goodness, like, they look so skinny because they're trying to look good on camera. Or, wow, like, the way they dance, the way they, yeah, go on a certain diet, the way they take care of their skin. Like, they, they, they try so hard to be perfect and that's awesome. Like, celebrate that. No. No, like they're put under pressure to look like that based on that culture and some things are by their own will and some things are not. Actually, most things are not by their own will. And it's glamorized to the point where we've kind of been brainwashed by it, I would say. <laughs> like thinking that this is fine, like as long as they have a smile on their face and they seem healthy, yeah, everything's fine. <laughs> goodness me. That's where people also feel, for example, like, oh my goodness, if I don't strive to be as perfect as she seems on screen that I'm not worth anything. No. No. And it's very toxic to have this kind of mindset, especially like when you're young and like impressionable. Goodness me, right? Uh, yeah, if I have any young people, young meaning like young teens, uh, listening to my podcast, uh, just know, don't believe everything you see on TV and don't idolize lives that seem perfect because they're really not there's no such thing as a perfect life there's always dark things hidden behind the stage behind the camera that you really wouldn't want to be a part of and that can be in certain issues or certain things they do can be done in a much healthier manner it's just that also in this kind of when you're in this entertainment industry like things like getting to shape getting good at something like it's all done very quickly Right? There's a time, there's a schedule you have to follow, like you have to get fit before your debut, you have to make sure your skin is flawless on your performance day. Uh, it's, it's, it can be very stressful, really. Uh, it's really not worth it going through so much stress in that sense. Right? For that kind of fame and money. Well, some endure it because they want it and they only feel validated like that. Right? And it's sad. It can really be sad because men, they're so physically, you can get so physically, mentally, and emotionally exhausted from living this kind of lifestyle. K pop aside, right? <laughs> I feel like if I start going too much into it, like it can cause drama, and that's not what I'm looking for. But this is just what I know based on the bands I follow, based on the certain things that were said, and the certain things I've read about it, right? Not saying all is bad in that industry, no, but there are some industries that treat them like crap. But anyway, uh, yeah, it's small steps. Like this is the biggest takeaway in life that you should have. Taking small steps to your goals, small steps to certain things. Also setting realistic goals, my friends, not unrealistic goals. And usually unrealistic goals are set within a very short period of time. Nah, -uh. <laughs> that's not how we humans work. That's not how we can best deal with our time. Right. I mean, I, I can't f possibly say a lot of things about things like this in this podcast, but it's also something you have to kind of learn by yourself as well and 
that takes experience, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, these are all the questions I have. Uh, I tried my best to elaborate on all of them. Ooh, it's 55 minutes. Goodness me. If you've listened to this whole podcast, kudos to you, actually. <laughs> but yeah, it's... Yeah, awesome if you did. If you didn't, that's fine, too. <laughs> but yeah, I've answered all the questions that I've been given. Thank you so much for your questions. I'll be happy to answer a lot more if like you're interested about, about my opinion. And yeah, that, that's all for today's podcast. Have a good day or good night. So now you've reached the end of my podcast. Uh, it would be great if you could actually follow my Instagram page at Puzzle Home Podcast. That's where I post uh, weekly updates of my podcast. And there is also a platform where you can actually recommend me some topics that I can talk about and possibly yeah, talk about and help you. So yeah, follow my Instagram.